I'm recording. and welcome to another episode of Rain Delay Theater, the show where two bums talk about other bums at baseball games. I'm Jeremy Dionisio. And I'm Jack Swakowski. This is episode number 180, and uh, we um, are on the precipice of the World Series, uh, the 2020 World, 2022 World Series between the Philadelphia Phillies and the Houston Astros. And today we're going to be taking a look at the... Um, at the rosters, but um, in true rain delay style, we'll be kind of looking at it from a uh, Cubs and Brewers uh, connections uh, to the, the the rosters, the coaching staff, what have you. Um, so uh, that's what we'll be doing today. Uh, but before we get into that, it is episode number 180. Jack, who is your 180 guy? Yeah, I had to dig deep for this one because there weren't yeah. too many people who finished with 180 there's, of anything. There's one one choice between home runs and wins for 180. There is. So I uh, I took games started for pitchers at 180, and I found that Carlos Silva had started 180 games in his <laughs> career. For, former Cub. Yeah, um, nice. Yeah, so uh, Carlos Silva just kind of a, uh, had maybe one or two good years. Um, he played in the aughts from 2002 to 2010. Uh, he was like a big dude. He was 6'4", 280. That's what he's listed on, uh, at on baseball reference. Uh, Venezuelan player. Um, but this guy uh, had a very unceremonious exit from baseball. Um, he was traded. He had two really bad years from the Marin- with the Mariners. I think they signed him to a, maybe a four-year deal. Uh, for about $12 million a year, um, way more than a guy like that should have ever been getting. Uh, and he was eventually traded from the Mariners to the Cubs for Milton Bradley. So, yep. you know, we've, we've talked about Milton Bradley on this podcast before. It was a swapping of bad contracts. Um, uh, Silva pitched one year with the Cubs, uh, and then they cut him before the final year of his contract when they owed him about $12 million bucks. I think it was $11.5 bucks. So they gave him all that money to just go away. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had a very, he had a, uh, a little bit of a rough exit from the Cubs. Uh, I don't remember this, but I was reading about it. You probably remember it, Jeremy, but he got in a fight with the pitching coach, not a physical fight, just a verbal altercation when he found out that he wouldn't be making the team. And then, uh, uh, H- Jim Hendry defended the pitching coach and he said about Carlos Silva, Jim Hendry, the Cubs GM at the time said, uh, he said about Silva, he said, basically he wasn't good enough to make the team. You factor in not only spring training, but you try to go back and factor in the second half of last year, looking at a guy who had a 14-something ERA from July 11th and came to camp with the notion that he already had a spot in the rotation. Obviously, the first three, four outings were quite poor. His comments about Mark Riggins, the pitching coach, were totally inappropriate and unacceptable. Once again, it's a weakness for somebody that doesn't perform well and chooses to blame somebody else on the way out. So basically, they just they cut this guy and then they kicked him in the fucking head as he was going out the door. Um, do you remember all that stuff? You know, Jack, it's 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 kind of a foggy memory to me. Like, um, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't remember, like, his his part of it for sure. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. It's not really, this one didn't, like, I know that he was traded for uh, Milton Bradley, but um, mm-hmm. the comments thing, I'm not I'm not really remembering. Yeah, so that I, I didn't remember that either. I thought it was surprising. Then Mike Quaddy, 
uh, who was the manager at the time, uh, said, I was really disappointed when I heard Silva's comments. First of all, he's dead fucking wrong, okay, about my pitching coach, and I have no fucking time for that. So that that's great. I didn't know Mike Quaddy was one to drop to drop F bombs, but uh I guess Carlos Silva brought that out in him. Yeah. Do you have what he said about the pitching coach? I can't find that. Anywhere. Yes, I, I do. Um so uh uh he, he here's what Silva said. He said Riggs came to me and said uh, what a day, and now go out there and do your workout and continue pitching the way you're doing. A half hour later, he called me into the hall and started talking to me. I'm like, if you have to say something, be straight. He has to learn he's in the big leagues now. Know what I mean? There's no kids around here anymore. Uh, that's what he said about the Cubs pitching coach. Um, and uh, then he got cut right after that. Uh, yeah, that's weird. Um, yeah, because I was looking at his numbers uh, for the Cubs, and like they, I mean, they're bad, but they're not... They're they're not like atrocious. Honestly, his numbers leading up to uh, being on the Cubs were just fucking god awful. Um, but uh, yeah, that's weird. I mean, like, I, I I don't blame them for trying to get out of his contract. But um, yeah, I'm, and then I'm trying to think of like what the 2011 rotation was like. I'm sure there were five pitchers better than Carlos Silva, so <laughs> no, no harm, no foul, I guess. But um, yeah, kind of weird. Um, and, uh, yeah, honestly, I'm not even really remembering Mark Riggins as a pitching coach for the Cubs. So I, I don't know. Maybe that was another one of my – there was another time where I kind of glossed over, like, the, the Cubs that year. <laughs> I mean, they were not good, so. No, no, they weren't. Uh, that was right before uh, – well, if Hendry was there, that must have been a, a year – that was, like, the year before Theo uh, ended up taking over. But, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's Carlos Silva. So I, I thought that might, uh, you know, bring back a few memories for you. Yeah, for sure. I'm looking at the Cubs 2011 rotation, and it's fucking horrible. Um, Dempster, Garza, Zambrano, uh, Randy Wells, Rodrigo Lopez, and Casey Coleman got 17 starts as well. Um, no, None of them. Uh, Garza had a 332 ERA. The rest of them, uh, n- no one had an ERA under 442. So oh that's just putrid. Yeah, and it, it feels like they were hanging on to Zambrano. Uh, that was just like his last breath. Mm-hmm. Um, although we we would eventually see him eight years later in independent ball, but that's <laughs> you know, that's neither here nor there, I guess. Right, right. Um, yeah, that's that's bad. Well, anyway, um, this guy. Uh, so my one eighty guy, Jack, is um, is a good player to pick for this one because he played for both the Cubs and the uh, Brewers. But I went with a hundred and eighty. Well, shit, what did I go with now? 180 holds. I always like to go to the holds category sometimes. And so um, he's actually tied for 15th all time with 180 holds, uh, and that's Dan Plesak. Oh, sure, yeah. Uh, I, uncle of we, uncle of America's sweetheart, Dan Plesak. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't, we haven't, have we done Dan Plesak before? I probably should have, like, double-checked that. That oh, would yeah. be does a he bummer. Have, does he have like a hundred? Maybe he has like 158 saves or something for episode 158. I don't think we did him though. Yeah. Okay. I don't think so either. Not that I recall. But um, yeah, 180 holds. Um, I wonder who the um, all-time leader in holds and saves is combined. Um, that would be mm. interesting. I bet yeah. Marmol, Mar- Marmol might be up there. I don't know. Um, but mm-hmm. anyway. Um, but yeah. So Dan Plesac uh, played mostly in the 80s, uh, early 90s. Um, actually he played through the whole nineties into the early two thousands, but, um, but yeah, uh, came up as a brewer, um, only spent a couple years on the Cubs, I think two years on the Cubs, but somehow is like, you know, was like the Cubs post, uh, game guy for a while on like 
Comcast Sportsnet or whatever. Um, of course, now he's on MLB Network, but he still does kind of appear sometimes on the Marquee Network. But um, early on in his career, his um, uh, second, third, and fourth year in the league, uh, he made the All-Star team for the Brewers, um, mostly as a closer um, for those early parts of the of his career. It's kind of weird that he like he started a handful of games in his career. He only started 14 games in his career, but in like 1991, this is, this is weird. So police was like, I'm pretty sure he was the closer for the brewers from 86 to 90. And then for some reason in 1991, they went ahead and started him for 10 games. Yeah. Um, and, uh, his ERA, I mean, I guess his ERA in, in 1990 was 443. Um, and then, so I don't know, maybe they wanted to give him a shot, but he ended up getting eight saves and 10 starts in that season. Um, spent one more year with the Brewers and then went to the Cubs. Um, ERA was in the high six, high fours, so not great. Um, but he still managed to stick around for like essentially 10 more years after that. Um, so yeah, just a long time guy, lefty relief pitcher. So that's why, um, native of Gary, Indiana, uh, puke, uh, gross. Um, but, uh, and then, um, yes, he retired in 2003 as a Philly, which also ties into our episode. Um, but yeah, spent some time with the, uh, pirates, the D backs, the blue Jays. Um, and yes, he is the uncle of Zach Plesak. Um, Zach, Hey, want to grab a bite to eat? (laughs) 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 Um, yeah. So, uh, you know, that's, that's Dan Plesak. I, Dan Plesak, um, much like I thought Al Leiter was like a lighthearted kind of like good humored, um, analyst for MLB network. And then I found out different. Uh, I also think that Dan Plesak maybe is like kind of a fun loving kind of jovial guy. He always was kind of like a goofy, funny guy with on Cubs post game. Um, so, you know, I look forward to meeting him and having him say like, just give me the card. And just completely shattering any expectations of him being like a nice guy. Is that what Al Leiter said to you? Yeah, he's just just give me it, just give me it, like oh, that. That's funny. Like, oh, yeah. Oh man, that's funny. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. I'm sorry, sorry you had to have that experience. Um, I uh, I've always wondered, like you know, he, he made three All Star teams in the late uh, the late eighties. Um, you know, he was living in Milwaukee. Like, what did he what did he do in Milwaukee? Like, where did he live? Like this guy was an all star. Like he was living the high life. Those those '80s Brewers teams were were pretty good. Um, you know what 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 was his what was his deal? Well, '87 and '75 and '87. So that's you know okay. They were finishing in third place, but uh, you know yeah, it's it, it. I don't really associate him or think of him as a Milwaukee guy. Um, you know, not in the same way I think of other Brewers. So uh, oh really? It, yeah, it's it it yeah. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Um, I think maybe it's because like when I was growing up and watching baseball, he was never on the Brewers. His whole his whole time with the Brewers was before I ever started watching baseball. So I just I never really thought of him as that. Um, okay, gotcha. But uh, yeah, just kind of a to me, he was always kind of a journeyman guy. But you know, he did spend his best years and probably his longest amount of time with the Brewers. Um, so uh, so that's cool. Um, and also he he he's kind of like a, like a Darren Oliver type of guy. You know, he's just a, a, a left-handed reliever, Jesse Orosco, a left-handed mm-hmm. reliever who just hung around forever. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah, he's he's right in that category with all those longtime lefties. So um, so yeah, that's Dan Plesac. I always I always like Dan Plesac. Um, 
I was actually, you know, it's nice that he kind of comes back to MLB or to Marquee Network sometimes. Um, it was kind of a bummer to lose him in Chicago, um, but uh, but yeah. Um, so so yeah, that's Dan Plesac. Nice, um, I like it. Yeah, yeah. So this is um, so yeah. I think we can we can breathe a little bit in this episode. There's a little bit of like you know we we have a topic to get to, but uh, I've had a couple random notes kicking around. Um, in my in my little notes folder, so I figured we have time to get to one of them right now at least. Um, Jack, uh, a couple weeks ago, I I don't think you saw this on on our Twitter account, but I was um, engaged in a back and forth with uh, listener uh, Ben Perkins, mm-hmm. um, and he threw out a trivia question to me, which I thought was pretty good. And I wanted to ask you if you if you happen to know this one, but uh, a couple weeks ago, um, the hashtag Rain Delay Player of the Day was Tim Stoddard. Um, mm-hmm. So he was a pitcher for the um, – he was on the Cubs. Um, he's a really goofy-looking guy, like a big kind of like handlebar, like a big like bushy mustache, like push broom mustache. Yeah. Um, and uh, he was with the Cubs and um, the Padres, um, the Orioles, Yankees. He kind of bounced around um, for a while. Uh, big 6'7 pitcher, 230. Um, he went to – NC State. So I'm going to guess that's where this um, uh, associates with. But, uh, Jack, Tim Stoddard is one of two players ever to play in the Final Four and in the World Series. Mm -hmm. Uh, Can you name the other one? One of two players ever to play in the Final Four and the World Series. Um, Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm going to – it was one of them, Kenny Lofton. It was Kenny Lofton, yeah. Nice, nice. Yeah, I knew he was a basketball player, so yeah, there you go. That's good. Um, yeah, yeah, pretty cool. Um, I don't, where did Kenny Lofton play? I don't even know where he played. Did he play at Arizona or Arizona State or something like that? I guess so. Which Wait, this is crazy, too. Not only did, were they the two, he was one of only two men to have played in both a World Series and a Final Four, along with fellow East Chicago Washington High School alumnus Kenny Lofton. So they both went to the same high school? Wow. Um that, must have, now that yeah. That's crazy. No, yeah, that's like uh, you know, Lucas Giolito and Jack Flaherty going to the same high school and then, you know, the White Sox hiring his coach as a pitching coach or something. I, I don't know. <laughs> Trying yeah. to think of something that would be like, you know, less uh less likely I don't, than that. Yeah, I don't even it would be like if um they both went to the same high school and then they both had relatives who worked on Twin Peaks or something. <laughs> but, like, but like the fact that they both went to the same high school. Both like were the only, um, you know, players to do that. And then like, and it, you know, they both play basketball. Like that's crazy. That's 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 even crazier of a thing um, that they both went to the same high school. So yeah. So there you go. Um, but yeah. And then Tim Stoddard. I mean, I he's before my time. And if he's before my time, he's before your time. So I don't I don't really know. I know of him through baseball cards, but I didn't know too much of him as mm-hmm. a player. But um, yeah, I guess he went to NC State. Um, so that must have been where he where he went uh, in the uh, you know in the playoffs. But yeah, Arizona Kenny Lofton. So yeah, I thought that was an interesting one. It it took me a while to get it. I was I'm trying to think as who I was guessing like you know Danny Ainge. I looked at like these other basket these other guys. I'm trying to think of other like guys who played baseball. Did and Brian did Brian Jordan play basketball? Um, maybe I don't he know. played football. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I feel like he was like a two sport guy. Uh, I don't know if he ever played two sports professionally, but um, yeah, those are those are some good ones. I feel like you don't 
you don't see the two sport guys anymore. I mean, Russell Wilson kind of made a sham of it, but like, uh, you know, you don't, uh, it's not, not a thing anymore. Guys are too specialized. Yeah, true. Um, there's a guy who got drafted a couple of years ago. Um, I forget who, uh, I forget what his name is now, but, um, I think he's, I think he's actually playing college baseball still. He like chose college baseball. I can't remember who it is, but, um, uh yeah, I'm trying to think of um well Brennan Davis was going to go was going to play basketball and then like chose baseball and he's like, you know, top, Cubs top prospect right now. So but sure. um, um yeah. Yeah, uh the the Marquette uh Marquette in the 90s they had a player named Chris Crawford who uh played uh played for them. He played for Marquette and then he played for the Houston Astros uh minor league team in the summer. He pitched minor league baseball. Um, that, there, that was probably before there were rules that like you could play one sport professionally and one sport, uh, as an oh, amateur. Yeah. Um, he ended up going to the NBA for a couple of years. He, he, he had to quit because of injuries, but, uh, he was from Kalamazoo, Michigan where we've been. So uh, that was, yeah, that was cool. Nice. Yep. Um, cool. All right. Well, um, there you go. A little bit of trivia, um, nice. to start this episode as well, but, uh, let's get into the topic. So, um, yeah. it is, it's weird. Like there, there is no baseball this week, at least until Friday, um, but the World Series matchup is set, the Phillies versus the Astros. Um, you know, I I wasn't happy. I, I guess I would have rather had the uh, Yankees than the Astros. Same. But, um, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, the did, Jack, did I, we, we talked about this. I, don't, I forget, was, was this on the podcast last week or was this like off pod about like trying to rationalize the Astros? Uh, I think it was um, on the pod, right? It, yeah, it, it may have been. Um, I, I, I think know. that, well, to your point uh, about the the Yankees, um, I think there you know would have been some better storylines there. First of all, like it was entertaining to see Aaron Judge fall flat on his face in the the playoffs, mm-hmm. and then to to have Yankee fans boo him, just because it's like you're you're booing a guy who who got you here. They like, booed. They, literally... they, booed, they booed Aaron Judge. Uh, I, yeah, I, that, that was what I, 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 I could not like hear it personally on my television, but people were saying that, that judge was being, was being booed, um, throughout I mean, the playoffs. That's, that's just ridiculous. I mean, I know. Yeah. They booed, um, I'm trying to think who they booed, like a pitcher or something like, I don't know if it was Garrett Cole, but yeah, that's just ridiculous. And so I think like having two fan bases of fans that are just animals, um, you know, would have been, would have been entertaining. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I know. I was, you know, I wasn't too crazy about Phillies, Yankees specifically, just because I just don't want any more like East Coast centric, you know, World Series or anything. But sure, um, from a from a game standpoint. But basically, what I was saying is like, you know, how do you rationalize this Astros team? Like, a lot of people hate the Astros because they cheated, but who's really left from that team? You know, Altuve and I guess Gurriel and Bregman. So I don't remember if this is what we talked about in the podcast or not, but. I don't know. So that's probably enough uh, people. And, and then, yeah, we, we did talk about it, I think, because we talked about Gurriel, um, his, <laughs> oh, his, yeah. his, his past indiscretion. So, yeah, I mean, like, you know, like Jordan wasn't wasn't on that team or wasn't cheating. Um, uh, Jeremy Pena, who, like, won the ALCS MVP, obviously um, not part of that. And then Verl- like, Verlander was on that 2017 team, right? I believe he was, yeah. Yeah. I believe yep. he was, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I don't know. And then, like, you know, the GM and the managers are gone. But, yeah, you know, um, so I don't want to completely 
I mean, I, I would probably be rooting for the Phillies either way, but I don't want to like. It's tough to just have a team that you hate, especially when they can win and they're they're the better team on paper. Um, so I'm just trying to like you know find a rooting interest and like as a Cubs fan, I have complicated memories about Dusty Baker, which we'll, we can get into. But um, anyway, I think like you know there are a few kind of like spots on the Astros like of guys to to like, but. Um, but you just can't shake that that stigma of the of the 2017 team, of course. You know. So you know, I, I was gonna say, uh, I, I think finding a rooting interest is uh, part of the re- reason that this is a good idea for an episode. Like, I, I think mm-hmm. we can kind of dig into some people that we have a personal connection with um, as fans and try to find if there's any any interesting uh, nuggets in there. I, I think since we plan on, plan on starting with the Astros, we might as well start with the manager, Dusty Baker. Um, yeah. who obviously has Cubs connections. Uh, he's never won a World Series, perhaps, uh, and perhaps that's his own fault. You know, mm-hmm. definitely in 2003 it was his own fault. But I, I think that one of the biggest stories of this postseason is going to be if he can finally win one. He's 73 years old, so this is his last best chance to do it. Um, I think he should, if they win, he should retire. There would be no reason for him to come back next year. So I, I think that alone, to me, is a, is a pretty interesting storyline. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, we we talked about it a little bit. We this definitely we definitely talked off pod, but you know, definitely a, a, a complicated history with Dusty Baker. Um, just just to go back over like the reasons why you would hate Dusty Baker as a Cubs fan. I mean, it all goes back to two thousand three. Um, but uh, yeah, you know he very likely may have ruined the careers of Kerry Wood and, and Mark Pryor. Um, listener of the podcast, Pete uh, Greenwood, called him Dusty Breaker <laughs> because mm-hmm. he, he, bro- he broke Mark Pryor's arm. Um, actually, Marcus Giles bro- broke his arm, but uh, but Dusty ruined his arm. Um, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, or maybe it was Brad Hopp, I guess. Brad Hopp, I think, whatever. It doesn't matter. Both of them did. Um but uh, but yeah, he he you know m- maybe mismanaged the O three team. Obviously, Bartman wasn't his fault. But hey, you know what? Maybe he could have went out to the mound and tried to settle everybody down. Didn't do that. Um, then after they got eliminated, he put his son Darren Baker on his lap during the press conference, and Darren Baker was like playing with his toy cars and like running them up like the microphone like on the table like at the post game presser and like making like just making these like like sounds with the microphone when he like ran his toy car over the mic and like there's Chicago beat there's actually like national reporters trying to ask him like very serious questions and he's just got his like kid on his lap as a human shield um that's another reason to dislike Dusty Baker and then when he like left town when he was like kind of pretty much getting run out of town he kind of played the race card a little bit um in terms of like yeah you know I get all this racist hate mail or whatever and like I mean I think maybe the the world being like it is now and kind of like looking back at that like you know I think you like I think it's pretty I'm sure that he actually got like legitimate like hate mail um but it also at that time given his track record seemed like he was kind of using that again as like some sort of like shield or like you know flipping the blame like <clears throat> placing the blame on like Chicago 
sports fans, basically, for him getting fired. So there's a lot to dislike about Dusty Baker as a Cubs fan. Uh, he also said famously that walks clogged the bases. He didn't like walks. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, there's a lot of reasons to have a complicated relationship with Dusty Baker. If I never had a team that, like, that Dusty Baker, I mean, I think the I think um, fans of the two was the two thousand two Giants. Yeah. Um, also have probably similar conflicted feelings about Dusty Baker and the, how that World Series ended. But, um, you know, they, they they may also have conflicted feelings about Darren Baker as well. Um, <laughs> you know, yeah. D- Darren Baker was running over that microphone with his cars in a similar fashion to how J T. Snow almost ran over Darren Baker at home plate in two thousand two. Yeah. Luckily, uh, he didn't cost J.T. Snow to get thrown out at home. That would have been, <laughs> that been really bad. But, um, yeah, now Darren Baker is um, a prospect in the uh, Washington Nationals um, uh, farm system. Yep. Uh, drafted last year, I believe. Um, at, at one point, too, in like probably like the, the late 2000s, he had like a child. He had his own clothing line, too, like of children. Dusty Baker wear. did? Da- Darren Baker. Had oh, like God. his own like children's clothing line <laughs> or whatever. Jeez. Um. So that's another thing that you you wouldn't probably only know if you like were following the Cubs. But, um. But yeah. So anyway. So, um. I wish that I was. I wish that I had no like personal connections to Dusty Baker because I think on the outside service. I mean, maybe you could speak to it. You could speak to it more, Jack. But um, there are some th- reasons. Like he is like you, Jack. You called him a baseball character. Sure. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, when, um, remember that, I think it was 2017 when the Nationals were playing the Cubs, but, uh, like, Steven Strasburg wasn't going to pitch, and Dusty Baker was like, yeah, it's mold season. Like, yeah. you know, he's, he's, be, he's being affected by mold, and he's like, I think I'm, I've been affected by it, too. Like, like, just, that's just an absurd <laughs> reason not to, not to pitch a guy who's making $20 million a year, um, because it's mold season. So, like, you'll just get stuff like that. Jeremy, you shared a quote with me the other week where he talked about he was talking about Jeremy Pena, and he said he's the only Dominican dude I know who went to the University of Maine. So <laughs> yeah. like, that's a that's a great quote. I mean, he's a he's a funny guy. Yeah, uh, I was reading an article in the Athletic. It was just an oral history, but it was just uh, just like guys talking about how much they love playing for Dusty Baker. Uh, like he's like everybody's favorite manager who who's ever played for him. Um, so, like, yeah, it's just, you know, I think baseball is better with, like, old guys like that. Um, you know, as much as, much as like, Tony La Russa, like, completely crapped the bed with the White Sox this year, it is, it is good to still have guys like that in the game because they, they give you something to talk about. Yeah, I mean, he is a classic, like, um, he's just like, yeah, like, I mean, I think baseball character is the best way to put it. And, like, he himself is a character and, like, yeah, stuff like that. I mean... When when you think of like that rationale about like the mold, also being the same mind that like makes decisions like hard like tough coaching decisions, you know, <laughs> it's kind of like uh, you know, I'm not sure if I feel so good about <laughs> you know where we're going here as a franchise. But yeah, I just if you could just remove any of the personal sentiment from it, like there there are some like you know yeah I mean he's the inventor of the high five. He was on deck during the hair the. Hank Aaron, uh, like, uh, record-breaking home run. I mean, he's got, like, the guy, um, here's an interesting story, like, about Dusty Baker, too. Do you know the story about the guy um, who he did the high five with? Um, I forget yeah, what his name and is. Yeah, I, I mean, I, you know, I, I, and I've heard that story, too, that he invented the high five. I mean, <laughs> is that, like, 
is that it's, just something that you kind of shake your head and be like, well, okay, I, you know, if that's the first time it was ever documented. I, I think so. It's one of those weird things. Also, you know, Bobby Valentine invented the rap yeah. uh, sandwich, which yep. um, I dramatized in a play that I wrote that starred Jack. Uh, it wasn't sure. about the rap, but, um, <laughs> but no, there was this guy, uh, Glenn Burke. So Dusty Baker and Glenn Burke uh, were like, um, it says here the first real high five was done by Dusty Baker and Glenn Burke of the LA Dodgers baseball team on October 2nd, 1977. Um, but like Glenn Burke uh, was like, he wasn't, he's like the first out baseball player. Like he came out of the closet. Um, I, but I think it was after he retired or something. Um, and then I think he passed away. Uh, I don't know if I cannot remember if it was tragically or not, but uh I don't think he's he's no longer with us. Um, but uh, but yeah, they were like great. They were like great friends or whatever. Um, so you know, there's just a lot of. He's been around the sport for so long that he has a lot of stories related to him. Um, so so yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's um, it's a it's a weird thing. So um, I want to like him. I own some of his autographed cards, like I maybe mentioned on the podcast. Um, it's cool to own those, but like, I, yeah, I don't know. I just, I won't ever be able to escape it. Even, even though the Cubs have won the world series since then, uh, I don't know if I can ever fully escape the, those little things with dusty. No, you know, Jeremy, there was one more thing I forgot to mention. I, I maybe I've talked about this on the podcast. It happened earlier this season. I think dusty was out with COVID and he couldn't figure out how to watch the oh, Astros yeah. game at his house. Yeah. And so he's like, yeah, I, I watched a Bob Marley documentary instead. It was pretty good. Like, you know, can't, can't some Astros employee, like, get the game on for him? It's not that, it's not that hard. Um, you know, their, their own manager isn't watching one of their games. And, like, you know, doesn't seem like he even watched it on tape when he did have access to it. So uh, that's, that's, that's great. Yeah, right. Exactly. That's, yeah, it's just one of those Dusty-isms. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So that's Dusty Baker. Um who else? Who else we got on the list there, sure. Jack? Uh, so we got um, Martin Maldonado is a guy, uh, former um, Cub. Yeah, yeah, former Cub and uh, <laughs> former Brewer. God, I don't remember him on the Cubs uh, at all. Oh, really. I think he was on the Cubs for eight days, maybe. I think. Yep. Uh, I yeah. I, I okay. I vaguely remember that now. What a what a season that was for him. Um, I think we saw him play on the Royals that year. Um, oh, really? But uh, yeah, former Cub, former Brewer. Um, uh, he was just a. a played on the brewers like uh, for about six years just a backup catcher for them um and now he's you know 10 years older uh and playing in the world series for houston and still not any good he hit 186 that the, this year so I, I guess he's got a good glove and he handles a pitching staff well but it's it's just kind of kind of baffling to see this guy uh in the world series uh yeah and he's i feel like he's kind of like highly regarded as like one of the best catchers or defensive catchers um in the league right now but yeah yes he was a Cub for oh I lost count already. He was he was he was acquired um, by the Cubs from the Royals for Mike Montgomery actually mm-hmm. on July fifteenth, twenty nineteen, and then traded on July thirty first uh, from the Cubs to the Astros for Tony Kemp. Wow. So, um, and then uh, yeah, he actually yeah, so he's been on the Astros since then, which is interesting. He he was. He was um, released as a free agent and then re-signed with the team later that offseason and has been with them since then. So, like, yeah. Um, yeah, it's kind of weird. Um, but, 
Yeah, him him being on the Cubs for five days isn't, or whatever isn't exactly like when Mike Piazza was on the Marlins for five days. Right. Although it's a, yeah. it's it's actually the exact same scenario, just with guys that you wouldn't care about. Yeah, and uh, exactly. It's yeah, he was on just a little long, like two weeks basically. But uh, mm-hmm. and then traded for Mike Montgomery, which is kind of significant. Like that, he Mike Montgomery has a major footnote in Cubs history. Yes, but. But yeah, uh, but then it, wheels definitely fell off for him towards the end. Um, but yeah, okay, that's an interesting one. I I can't claim I I, I can't claim him as a Cub. For, for sure. So uh, you know, and hey, I'd say this about a lot of guys, Jeremy. But I would be excited to get his autograph at the bus. I would I would sell out for it. I'd try for it. Yeah, that in that in that sense, it would be cool. It's too bad he doesn't. He didn't. They didn't have enough time to print up a Cubs card. Of his, <laughs> but yeah, I'd probably yeah, a Cubs, a, yeah, tops now card um, of, of of one of the eight days he was on the Cubs. Um, <laughs> yeah. I uh, so Jeremy, I I think we should be clear too. We're we're kind of just going down the list of guys who've played for these teams this year that could potentially get a World Series ring. So not everybody we're going to be talking about is on the World Series roster right now, but they mm-hmm. did at least play for the team at some point this year. Um, yeah. another guy, uh, Jeremy, I'm going to do, uh, down the list. You may not have spotted him as a brewer guy, but Michael Brantley, um, he's on the oh, IL yeah. right now, I believe, but Michael Brantley is another, another brewer, uh, brewer guy, sort of. Yeah, for sure. Um, um yeah, no, I, I know his, uh, connection to the, uh, brewers. I was actually wondering what, what his deal was this year. Like, did he play at all this year? Looks Brantley? like he played in sixty. I didn't hear his name at all, but it looks like he played in sixty-four games and hit two eighty-eight. Um, so really, yeah. not much of a factor. Uh, you know, he's thirty-five now too. He's getting old. Um, uh, I he, he was a uh, he was the player to be named later in the CC Sabathia trade, which which uh, for the Brewers back in two thousand eight, which seems like a lifetime ago. Um, totally. But uh, yeah, it, it ended up being a pretty good, a, a steal for Cleveland. He was good for them for a, a, quite a while before he moved on. Um, he's actually only played for two teams, which is weird. He's he's played for the Indians, uh, Guardians, sorry, and uh, and for the Astros. So he has not been that much of a journeyman throughout his career. It's kind of hard to believe he was on Cleveland uh, through the 2018 season. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, he definitely had a lot of injury like things. I mean, he was out. He was out uh, injured during the 2016 World Series as well, I believe. Yep. Um, so yeah, I, he did play in the. Um, I think the 2019 World Series maybe with the Astros. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because I think he, I think he actually made the last out if I remember correctly. Yeah, he did, uh, I believe. Yeah, so um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I would feel, I guess, I'd feel a little bad for him if he, um, you know, if the Astros won the World Series and he, he wasn't able to play. Um, but at least he got in 64 games. I guess he only played 11 games in 2016 for the for the Indians. Um, so, yeah, I'd, I f- kind of feel like this is a guy who like keeps getting like snake bit and missing like big moments. Um, but uh, but yeah, um, I think yeah, I Jeremy, think- I, I think we, well, I'm sorry. We should say too, he's a career 298 hitter. Uh, yeah, in 14, four, over 1400 games. So the guy is pretty good. He's a good yeah. hitter. Yeah, he's a he's he's ultimately had a good career, um, a pretty like respectable career, and like, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I guess, I'm sure, I'm sure the Brewers would have liked him, but you know, obviously that trade, uh, they had to make that trade. So yep. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see who else we got on this list, Jack. Um, oh man, I I got another one, Jeremy. Do you see him? Um, I don't. I don't. Yeah. Think so. Uh, Mauricio Dubon. 
Oh, that's right. Okay, so he was uh, a, a, pro- a brewer's property at some. Yeah, point. he was a brewer's property too. I can't claim him as a brewer. Um, they traded him to the Giants for this is a, a one hell of a trade here. So on July 31st of 2019, Mauricio Dubon, who had just played two games for the Brewers, and that was it. They traded him to, to the Giants for Ray Black and Drew Pomerantz. Um, oh yeah. Are the, I don't even know if either one of those guys is pitching anymore. Uh, that's a good question. Let's I don't see, think Ray, Ray, Ray Black. I think um, he kind of flamed out. I think Drew Pomerantz might. Is he still a Padre? Ray Black has not pitched since 2020. Drew Pomerantz, you know, Jeremy, that there might be something to that. Uh, let's see. Drew Pomerantz. Yeah, I see him on the... I uh, pitched in 2021 for the Padres, so he has not pitched this year. Um, it says yeah. that he is on the 60-day IL, so maybe he just missed, like, the entire season due to an injury or something. Yeah, he maybe he had TJ now that I'm thinking about it. He, it looks like okay. he got into five games uh, in the minors this year, so maybe he was, uh, like, on rehab at the very end of the season maybe. Yes, that's a good point. Um, so, yeah, yeah uh, the Brewers had those two guys briefly for their stretch run. Uh, didn't end up doing anything. Uh, in the playoffs, that was the year they lost to the Nationals, who went on to win the World Series. One more thing about Dubon, he was traded this <laughs> year f- from the Giants to the Houston Astros for our boy Michael Papierski. Um, <laughs> and then how, how Papierski ended up on the Rays, uh, or on the Reds, uh, who the hell knows. But, yeah, uh, yeah and, right. I, and also, he's a he's a Tiger now. So Oh, God, is he? Yeah, he got... Um, he got uh, uh, they tried to pass him through waivers and the Tigers claimed him. So, wow. What a Fucking like, pap- yeah, Pappy, dude. Like what a um, <laughs> yeah, what what a journeyman. But and, and how unexcited he was to give his autograph to us. Yeah, I guess he you know, when you're when you're when you're swinging from teams like like branches, you know, like, <laughs> uh, in, in the jungle, like, um, you know, you don't get too too attached, I guess. So, no, but <clears throat> um yeah, so uh, there you go. That's like you just went like seven degrees of Kevin Bacon right there. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, that's right. okay. Yeah, that's yeah. Dubon, yeah, was a was a brewer. I, I guess I remember that trade, but like I just I kind of forgot that that was Dubon in that trade. Well, yeah, Jeremy. I mean, you blink and you would have missed that he was on the Brewers. So you know the the only reason I knew that is because I was a Brewers fan. That was it. So yeah, yeah, for sure. Um. Let's see. I think we're on to the pitching staff at this point. We right? are. We are, yes. Um, uh, I, got, I got another one here from the starters. Uh, he's not on the team anymore, but uh, Jake Odorizzi. Mm, yeah, right. He was also a Brewers property. He came over to the uh, Brewers in – or he came – He Zach Reinke was brought over to the Brewers in a trade with the Royals where I believe they gave Odorizzi away. If I remember, yep, uh, December 19th of 2010, he was traded by the Brewers with Lorenzo Cain, Alcides Escobar, and Jeremy uh, Jeffress, whose life has been ruined uh, by his agent. <laughs> it's still ruined, right? It's yeah, ruined. I, it pro- probably still ruined. He hasn't pitched at all. Uh, he was traded to the Royals for Unieski, Betancourt, Zach Reinke, and Cash. Uh, you know, so the Brewers had Betancourt for a little while. Uh, Escobar and Kane played this year still, so those those two old guys were still kicking around for a while. I don't know if Escobar finished the year with uh, with him, the but na- uh, with, yeah. the, with the Nationals. But uh, yeah, uh, Odorizzi never pitched in the majors for the Brewers, but uh, he's had a pretty long career um, outside of uh, outside of that. After that, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, and you know, I think I I do even think the Cubs were like he was a guy who like you know. The Cubs were maybe like they said fit on the Cubs or the Cubs should go after or whatever, but yeah, 
But um, yeah, um, and uh, yeah, I don't know. Odorizzi, like, he was good for a while, and like, um, I don't know. He kind of like seems like he's not kind of uh, you know like a competitive pitcher anymore. But then he like yeah, like he was actually pretty good for the for the Astros for a little bit this year. Um, so yeah, a career three ninety nine um, pitcher. So yeah, not I think still probably worth having on a team for next year sure uh yeah he'll he'll be somewhere uh jeremy it says he's from breeze illinois do you know where do you know where that is no i don't um, yeah i sure don't either he went to highland high school in illinois as well so i didn't know he was from illinois no i didn't either um breeze illinois yeah i don't know um huh. yeah i that, i wonder if that's one of those cities that's near st louis it's more of like a st louis sort of thing oh but. sure yeah like uh like yeah like a paul a paul turner type of city for sure um yeah i don't know um maybe maybe, maybe the sign on it says the, the home of jake odorizzi or something yeah or like um i'm trying to think of a david freeze uh, <laughs> but um but yeah no uh so yeah okay that's uh that's a good one that's a, kind of a lesser known one um yeah, I'm not seeing anyone else on the uh, on the active roster or the the you know who made an appearance. Um, sure. Uh, I yeah, I see I see one more guy. I see Will Smith. Yeah, I'm looking at Will Smith. I guess he was acquired like late. I guess right. Like, yeah, and he I, I he it's it says he's he's not on the he's on the forty man now, but he's not. I don't think he's going to be in the World Series. He was um, acquired for Jake Odorizzi. That that makes sense. Oh God. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. That makes sense. Um, wow. Two two guys with Brewer history being acquired uh, acquired for each other. He only spent um, a couple years on the Brewers um, from 2014 to 2016. Looks like that was another product of a trade with the Royals. I don't remember the trade that he came mm-hmm. over. And let me see here. Um, traded by the Kansas City Royals to the Milwaukee Brewers. Ooh, for Nori Aoki. There's a name I haven't thought of in a while. <laughs> wow, Norichka Aoki. Yeah. Do you um, remember that guy? Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, not uh, not great. Um, and then he was traded by the Brewers to the Giants. Jeremy, have you noticed a pattern here? Like, you ever notice how like the Cubs make like trades with like some teams and never make trades with others? Yeah, Brewers for make sure. trades with like the Giants a lot, the Royals a lot. Um, they make them with the Mariners too. Like, there's just the, the like uh, the the Rays. I think they've made a few trades with. I, I don't know what it is. Yeah, I mean, I think it's. I mean. There, there's certainly enough turnover, but maybe for a little bit of time there that uh, they, if they know each other, um, uh, you know, the players know each other. Um, uh, the GMs know each other. Like, they can make those trades, I guess, a little right. easier. Um, Jack, similarity scores. Similar pitchers through age 32. Number one for Will Smith, uh, Dan Plesak. Oh, yeah, yeah. Look at that. Uh, that's that's hilarious. Um you know, uh, yeah, I, I also see another one here right to the left of that list. Uh, is number one is Jake McGee, uh, mm-hmm. who, who pitched for the Brewers this year, um, and also Brad Boxberger, oh. who's also been on the Brewers, and Justin Wilson, who's been on the Cubs. That's right, yeah. Um, yeah, that's yeah. these the similarity scores are pretty fun. Maybe we should do an episode with similarity scores at some point, too. Oh, that would be fun, yeah. Um, yeah, we're. I think we kind of did something like that. Maybe, again, I don't know if it was on the pod or just in real life, but, like, like how many how many players can you name in a player's like top ten similarity scores? You know, like we I don't be, think we ever did that, but that would be a fun game. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. So, 
Um, all right. Well, that I, yeah. If there's no one else on the the Astros roster, I figured might as well bring this up. This is something that we we kind of I think we alluded to back in the day, back during the uh, um, trash. What 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 is it called now? The the, the scandal, um, trash gate. Uh. What did they call oh, it? Oh, yo, you mean that like trash, trash can gate or whatever it is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was the name of it? What did they call it? I can't remember now. Yeah, I, I, I don't. It's been so long. I don't know. Um. Yeah. Well. Um. I'm trying to. <laughs> I feel like there's a very obvious name that everyone uses all the time that, um, that I don't know. But anyway, so um. For my own personal connection to the Astros, um, I do. If Jack, if you're looking at the Baseball Reference page, um, at the very top, it shows like the manager, the GM, all these different things. The guy who they have listed as scouting director, Chris Gross, is yeah. a former coworker of mine at, at Stats, Stats Inc., Stats LLC. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, he used to run and get food all the time. Like he would, like we would put in like big group food orders, and he he would go run, uh, pick it up a lot. Um, but. Uh, yeah, I was looking through their front office because um, <laughs> the uh, the guy who was embroiled a lot of in the um, uh, garbage gate. What the fuck is it called? I feel like it's a name that everyone fucking uses. I just it's exca- escaping me right now. But the dark art. I think he was the guy who told who spoke about the dark arts. Um, uh-huh. Tom uh, Kochweiser, I guess is his name. We call him Koch, but um, he. Uh, he worked with me at Stats as well, and then there's another guy named Matt Hogan who worked with me at Stats. Um, so they're all part of the Astros front office um, now. Uh, so I think I think Koch was the first one to come over there, and then he brought Gross, and then he then they brought Hogan. Um, but uh, he may have been involved in the uh, in in the 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 garbage can gate, uh, and um, yeah. So I have like a personal connection to some of those guys. Weird, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, the the fact that the guy's the scouting director for the Astros is pretty legit. Um, yeah, that's a very that's a very high position in the organization. Yeah, yeah. I guess yeah. Director amateur scouting Chris Gross. He's got a page like on their website. Honestly, interestingly enough, that the guy Tom uh, Koch, uh, like he like um, wasn't uh, like he was not let go after the whole scandal. Mm-hmm. Um, and he has a page on the Astros website, but then when you go to the Astros like front office directory page, that he's not you, he's not on there, nor is his position on there. I wonder if he like still works for an organization, but they just took him off the page, maybe. Yeah, just, I don't, I don't know. Because um, if you wonder, Google, yeah. if you Google his name, he has a Astros page. Um, yeah. and like you know, it's not necessarily dated, so I don't know if it's it's out of date, but. Um, I wonder if they just took him off the page just so he wouldn't get harassed, basically. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I wonder if he knew Brandon Taubman. He did, yeah. I did think, he really? Yeah, because that's right. He was the one guy who did get fired, right? Sure, yeah. Well, he was the guy who was so fucking glad they got Ozuna. <laughs> yeah, right. That's right. Um, yeah, I think, uh, yeah. I I mean, yes, I did, I'm sure they. I'm sure they did, yeah. Yeah, um, sure. So... But uh, but yeah, and then uh, you know that's maybe that's all I'll get into at this point. This is something I you know I haven't really gotten into over the you know two years or two or three years since all of this broke. But uh, I don't think anybody gives a shit. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I did work very closely with with some of these guys, and um, yeah, like basically uh, there was a little funny story about Gross. Like 
So Gross would like run and get food all the time, and the the offices of Stats LLC uh, was right by like a train track, um, like an like a bridge, like a like or a you know an underpass basically. And one summer, like the fucking it was so hot in Chicago that the train tracks like warped, and a commuter train derailed and fell off of the bridge onto the street basically. And, like, a huge, like, freight train or whatever. Like, a commuter... I, I, I forget if it was a... I think it was a freight train. And, you know, it's like no one was hurt. Um, but, uh, you know, we would pass... I would pass under there at least twice a day or more if I would go out and get food or whatever. And, like, I remember, like, uh, Gross, like, um, you know, had re- did a food run earlier that day or whatever. And I was... I, I made a joke, um, perhaps in poor taste, but I made a joke saying, like... Well, gross. If you would have if you would have died, I would have said at your funeral, like, "Thanks for running, gross," because that was that was kind of like our like thing. Like when he would come back with the food, we'd be like, "Thanks for running, gross." Sure. Um, but uh, but yeah, now he's now he's the manager of, of scouting. <laughs> he's a head scout for uh, the scouting director for the uh, the World Series. Uh, you know, the AL champion Houston Astros. So yeah, he's he's probably at the World Series in the owner's box. Oh yeah, for sure. So not doing any more food runs, I don't think. <laughs> but uh, okay, let's. Uh, should we move on to the uh, Phillies? Yeah, I think we agreed that the Phillies will bear a little more fruit. So uh, yeah, let's let's move on to them. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and I guess Jack, if you want to start um, with the manager, um, yeah, yeah, jo- the man, the Phillies started with Joe Girardi um, as a manager who pretty much brought over a bunch of like. Um, Yankees guys, including Rob Thompson, who's the current yep. manager and was like uh, in the Yankees organization for many years. If if you heard a Rod mention speak of Rob Thompson at all, he uh, like he talks about him like you know like Rob Thompson like changed his life or was like a guru to him or whatever. But but it's kind of weird because this is essentially Joe Girardi's team, but they fired his ass and like you know everyone's reaping the rewards now. Yeah, right. Um, uh, they were twenty-two and twenty-nine when they fired Girardi, um, uh, and I got, Rob Thompson turned turned them around. It's so weird to me, Jeremy, because we saw the Phillies a, a week before the season ended when they were. It seemed like they were swirling down the toilet, and now they're in the World Series. Um, so it it is pretty cool that we were able to have some up close interactions with uh, you know with some of these players, uh, and and now they're now they're getting to play on the biggest stage. Uh, Rob Thompson. Yeah. Rob Thompson, you know, he looked like kind of a schlub when he came out to the bus. Like when I saw him, um, you know, he he wasn't, uh, you know, they'd just gotten swept by a terrible Cubs team, so he he certainly wasn't in in great uh, great spirits. Um, but yeah, now probably, they're uh, he's probably like thinking like, well, you know, back to the drawing, like I'll have to be looking for a, a new job, uh, right? You know, next year or like in a couple weeks, really. Right. No, absolutely. And like you know, Dave Dombrowski. Um, you know, obviously he's not going to feel it, but uh, you know he uh, uh, he he's one of the architects of this team too. So uh, yeah, all those all those guys are, are on the biggest stage now. But yeah, Girardi's a, a an interesting one. Um, he was kind of run out of New York, it seemed. Um, even though yep. he's the last manager who won a World Series for them, uh, I never had much of a problem with the guy. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, I, I don't you know he I did kind of enjoy him when he was on Marquee Network earlier this year. Yeah, so yeah, he, he after getting fired, he ended up appearing uh broadcasting two series uh for the Cubs uh from our key network. Um but like yeah, I think like even Boog and JD like brought up like, you know, maybe that firing was a little premature. 
Um, but, uh, you know, it is what it is. Um, but yeah, I mean like, so Girardi, like, yeah, like he can't, he managed the Yankees famously. Um, the Cubs, like, I think he, he wanted to take the Cubs job. Um, he was definitely interested. And I think that's, I guess it's when, um, they hired, uh, David Ross, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it was during that time that, that managerial search. Um, I don't know if it was during the Madden time or not. I don't think so because they pretty much fired Renteria for me. It might've been when they hired, I don't know, you know, one of those things, but I know that he had a, a contentious time in, in Miami as well, uh, with Loria. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so I don't know. I've heard, it seems like Girardi has a reputation for being kind of, uh, you know, irascible or not really, um, uh, uh, well-liked guy or ruffled some feathers or whatever. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, but uh, so I don't know if maybe they just didn't like him in, in Philadelphia or what, but um, that whole, that whole team is his team essentially. So. No, it, it, it is Jeremy. Um, the staff, and, the team, all of that, all those guys. Right. No. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I guess, I guess speak, moving on to the team itself. Uh, one guy that I had frankly forgotten was even on the Phillies before uh, we saw them was Gene Segura. Um, yeah. Uh, came up with a, the angels, I want to say, but uh, played a played played some good years for the Brewers. Um, and then went on to have some really good seasons with Arizona, uh, Seattle, uh, hit, you know, 300, a couple years with those teams. He's a career 285 hitter in over 1300 games uh the guys the guys you know as as hawk harrelson would say he's a good major league player you know <laughs> like he is he's good he, he's he's pretty good so uh you know he's he's on this team and i think he was the the he had the longest active drought uh playoff drought out of out of any player he played the most games without a playoff appearance am i am i uh way off on that jeremy or am I, I no that's sounding that's sounding familiar yeah i yeah. think that that might be the case um, yeah, you know, he, um, yeah, definitely famously with the Brewers had a lot of hits, probably the most, um, notable hit that he had was getting hit in the face by Ryan Braun. <laughs> um, yes. Uh, Ryan Braun was like standing on the top of the dugout swinging his bat. I'm watching the gif of it right now. And Segura walks right by him and gets fucking bopped right in the face with his bat, oh, which Jesus. is just like r ridiculous. I, like, I don't know why, I don't know what batter stands on, like, the top step of the dugout swinging the bat around, but, yeah, he nailed Segura and, and, and kind of banged him up pretty good. But, um, yeah, I mean, uh, I don't, are you, uh, so how do you feel about Segura? Do you, are you happy for him? You know, yeah, sure. I, I like him. I have no problem with him. He was, a, he was a pretty good player for the Brewers. Um, if, if you look at his numbers, uh, always, always a good fielder, um, he hit pretty well for them. He he didn't start really playing well until he he left Milwaukee. Uh, he hit three hundred three straight seasons after he left Milwaukee. But he did hit two ninety four for them that first year. Um, you know, I, I really got no problem with the guy. It feels like uh, feels like forever since he's been on the Brewers. I'm trying. I'm forgetting the circumstances uh, under which he left. Uh, okay, looks like he was traded by the Brewers with Tyler Wagner, who I don't remember at all, for Chase Anderson, Isan Diaz, Aaron Hill, and Cash. Oof. That's an ugly. That's an. That's just an ugly all-around trade. Chase Aaron Anderson Hill. was still. Yeah, he was. Yeah, still playing. Aaron Hill. Yeah, I. I remember Aaron Hill being on the Brewers now. Isan Diaz was in the Yelich trade, which is funny uh, to the Marlins. Yeah, um, but Chase. Diaz, who... 
Hasn't yeah. really lived up to his uh, hype, really. No, no. And then Chase Anderson, who's somehow still kicking around. We saw him at the bus with the Reds this year. Yeah, with uh, some questionable facial hair. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's that's crazy. Um, yeah, uh, God, I can't believe that Aaron Hill was still in the league in 2016, still on the Brewers, or like, and then played on the Brewers. And oh, God, Aaron Hill, yeah. just like what what was his story? Like he just like what did he hit? Um, 36 homers one year and then yes, just he like did, he did it was with the blue jays he had one crazy season with the blue jays and he probably lived off that for another five years um yeah crazy gene segura uh jeremy has made almost 80 million dollars in his his baseball career that that'll oh. buy you a lot of sequin backpacks i was gonna say he you know he blew most of that on his backpack uh <laughs> uh cash but uh but yeah um yeah so um yeah i mean and when we say sequins are they're probably fucking diamonds, you know. Yeah, right. <laughs> I don't know. It's like a right. diamond-studded backpack, but um, yeah, I think I, I'm kind of I'm kind of happy for Segura. Like, um, I think um, I I feel like yeah, I didn't really have too many like um, feelings about him uh, for too much in his career. But he's a guy who's just been around forever, and like it's like oh yeah, this guy's this guy probably deserves it. He deserves to be in this spot. Yes. Um, exciting, exciting for him. Uh, well, there, there's a, 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 the next guy down the list, Jeremy, I'll, I'll let you take this one. Yeah, sure. So Kyle Schwarber, um, you know, so Schwarber, uh, here's the thing, like, so obviously Schwarber was like the kind of the first, um, you know, shoe to drop the first like crack in the, uh, 2016 dismantleization of the, of the 2016 Cubs, um, when they non-tendered him, uh, you know, I think you knew that he was going to be – I think you knew what he was going to be, and you knew that there were probably going to be some moments that stung after he left the team. Um, he hasn't really hurt the Cubs that much as a player, but, I mean, 46 homers. Um, now, granted, he's, he's in 260, but 218, but that's who he is. He's going to hit, like, in the low 200s and hit, like, 40, you know, homers. So – it, it kind of hurts. I think he bounced around a little bit after leaving the Cubs and that kind of like maybe like seemed like, oh, well, he's maybe he's just going to like kind of like be like kind of a journeyman or like just kind of like, you know, maybe have like a couple year runs in certain spots and move on. But I mean, he seems like he seems like he's having the time of his life with this Phillies team right now. Like he seems like he's part of the camaraderie. Like he's he's got specials home run celebrations with Bryce Harper. Um, he's just like, I, I think he like is the one who brought that, like that song that they, that um, dancing on my own, like the song that they dance to. Like, I think he's the one who brought it to the, the, the Phillies. Like I think all the, his, there's like quotes. It's like all his teammates say like, he's like the best teammate like they ever had. And so like, it really seems like he's living his best life in Philly. Um, but you know, and it's like, obviously if they weren't going to keep anyone, they weren't going to keep Schwarber, but it's it it's it stings a little to see him doing what he's doing with the Phillies, but also like I think I'm happy for him because at least he's not dealing with the bullshit that the Cubs have been over the last couple of years. Sure, I mean it, it didn't really seem like his decision to leave the Cubs. Not I think the yeah. Cubs not non tendered him. They did. Um, so it's it's not like he was a real jerk on the way out. Uh, no. One thing I think is that's interesting about Schwarber is that you know he'll go through horrible slumps. But then he'll just he'll 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 become the the hottest player in baseball, and he'll look like Babe Ruth for a, for about a two week span. Yeah. Um, no, nobody else can do that like Schwarber can. 
uh, and you know that that home run he hit the other the other day uh, was epic. That like 500 foot blast um, into the second deck of Petco that they said exited as bad at 120 miles an hour. Um, yeah, nobody's got power like him when he when he really gets a hold of one. We saw him in those two games, or I you know we saw him in one game and then I saw him the next day. But he didn't do he didn't do dick in those two games. But mm-hmm. uh, you know um, we we just happened to catch him at an, at an off time. Uh, like you said. He only hit 218. He struck out 200 times, but um, you know he's definitely definitely an exciting guy to watch. Uh, I was reading Reddit, uh, baseball Reddit, I think today, and somebody was like, somebody brought up Schwarber like being out the whole 2016 season basically, and then coming mm-hmm. back from the World Series, and then some Cubs homer responded like, he's, was, he was he responded, yeah, I feel like people don't talk about that enough. That was epic. It's like, are you fucking kidding me, dude? Do you live in Chicago? That's all people talk about is the fact that he, that Kyle Schwarber came back to the World Series. Come on, but uh, yeah. you know that's just that's just me being annoyed by that. But uh, it, it was like it was like breaking news. Like it was like, um, you know, I don't know. Like uh, I remember like when the series was happening. They're like Schwarber's on a plane right now to Cleveland. Like right. oh my god! Like it's like it was a big deal. Um, it was. Yeah, so I don't know what's up with that, but um, but yeah, you know, I don't know. Um, I think I'd I'd feel a lot more better about him if he would have stopped and signed for us, um, <laughs> you know, like Chris <laughs> Bryant did. Um, but right. uh, but yeah, you know, um, uh, I also remember Schwarber wearing uh, one of the more controversial uniforms uh, <laughs> pregame a couple years ago when he was wearing a. Black Lives Matter t-shirt and like a thin blue line <laughs> baseball cap. Um, oh gosh. But uh, yeah, uh, but uh, but yeah, so I don't know. I think um yeah, you know, Schwarber is definitely a likable guy and like he he like I said, he really does like when when you see those home run celebrations from the Phillies and he's like right in the middle of it, it's like, "Oh man, that that stings a little bit." It's like, sure. "I remember when he used to be on our team and he hit the ball on top of the the fucking, you know, Budweiser." Uh, video board, but uh, but I digress. Uh, I am happy for him. Uh, I don't really have too many uh, hard feelings ab- about it. Um, so yeah, I'm you know he's one of the he's one of the several members of the Phillies team that I'm I'm happy for uh, in this situation in this position. Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, the ne- next guy down the list, uh, another outfielder, another former Cub, uh, Nick Castellanos. Yeah, Castellanos, like a guy who like really really blossomed or really blew up in Chicago like um for the short time that he was here um definitely like you know it was like resign like short like sign Castellanos extend Castellanos like everyone wanted the Cubs to keep Castellanos and it it didn't quite make sense um to to keep him but uh he's uh he's a he's a damn good player and he's one of those guys who like you just kind of like like to see like when he's doing well and he's on your team, like it feels pretty damn good. Um, so yeah, and he seems like a seems like a pretty decent guy. Um, uh, definitely will stop and take a, a selfie with you. And and um, then and then another selfie. And then another yeah exactly and another and another. Um, but uh, but yeah, so I, I like the guy. Um, you know, I would it would have been nice. I, I think if Jason Hayward wasn't around, maybe maybe he'd be a Cub, but. Uh, um, they probably would have traded him, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I liked, I liked him as on his time with the Cubs. So I'm definitely cheering for him. Yeah. Um, I, just to kind of 
rehash uh, his stats with the Cubs. I didn't know they were this good, man. He had, in 2019, yeah. after they traded for him, he played 51 games with the Cubs. He had 21 doubles, 16 yep. homers, 36 RBIs, and a 321 batting average. Like the guy was unconscious. 16 homers in 51 games for the Cubs. I don't remember him hitting that many homers. Well, Jack, uh, when you look at the rain delay theater stats, uh, when we've seen Nick Castellanos, we've seen him play in four games, and he's 11 for 17. Jesus. With, with two homers, a double, um, and uh, let's see, uh, seven RBI. So he's hitting 647 uh, in games we've seen him. Uh, and that's, I think, with the Tigers – Cubs and I guess Reds maybe or, or sure. Phillies. We did we we saw him with I don't the Phillies. Think he, did he did he not play that night or did he play that night? Uh, I don't can't remember. Can't nah. remember. But yeah, we may have seen him four games. We may have seen him like with one of each of his teams. Maybe I'm not sure. sure I, I I think you're right. Um, man, we should have shared that with him when he was out at the bus. Maybe he would have signed for us. Yeah, I know. Freaking um, good. Good luck for the guy. Yeah, most definitely. Um, um, yeah. Yeah. Jeremy, I real quick, you know, you mentioned Jason Hayward. So I was just going to say, I was almost going to call this guy a Cubs connection, but Bryce Harper. Oh, um, yeah. I think, I think the question is if the Cubs didn't have Jason Hayward, would mm-hmm. they have pursued Bryce Harper? Yeah. I saw a meme the other day where Harper and Schwarber were hugging, like, you know, on the Phillies, obviously. Yeah. And like, it looks like Schwarber's like whispering in Har- Harper's ear. And the like the uh, the voice bubble says like, you know, we both should be Cubs right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of funny, but um, yeah, I mean, yes, I mean, the the list goes on and on about who should have, who could have been a Cub or should have been a Cub if Hayward wasn't there. Half the fucking league should Manny Machado could have been a Cub. Bryce, Hart, maybe they both could have been Cubs. Like it's fucking ridiculous. It's just I, you know, it's fucking. Don't get me started on that. It's. <laughs> Yeah, it's bad. Uh, all right, yeah, we'll we'll move on. Um, <laughs> I I think that I think that's actually it for <laughs> position players. I did want to quick point out that uh, Jairo Munoz played a little bit for the <laughs> uh, the Phillies this year, and that that's a rain delay theater connection. Uh, love is energy from the uh, the informed <laughs> interloper. Um, love your suit. <laughs> uh, reference. Uh, Sons of the Lambs. Oh, nice, nice. One okay, last thing, that's... Senator. Love your suit. Jeez, Jeremy, that's that's like the second Silence of the Lambs reference you've made. Uh, in as many know. episodes. <laughs> yeah, in as many episodes. Yeah. Or no. At least a Hannibal Lecter reference, you know. I, lo- um, I look forward to making another one next episode. Good Lord. Okay. Um, <laughs> well, real quick, uh, I should say I'm going to throw in a little personal connection yep. uh, with Odubel Herrera. Who, uh, sure. Okay. Who's not – I don't think he's active for the uh, – for the team, but uh, he made the la- he made the thrilling last uh, out catch uh, for the Cole Hamels no hitter, which was against mm-hmm. the Cubs and which was attended by yours truly, Jeremy Dionisio. So um, I'll always remember Odubel Herrera for that reason. Yeah, sure. I remember watching that game on TV. Uh, that he made that play a lot. I don't know if he lost that ball in the sun or what, but uh, he made it look a lot more difficult than it had to be. Um, yeah, he kind of his he was going back on and his feet kind of went out from under him and he caught it on his like belly, but. It wasn't, you know, it was close to the wall. I mean, I don't think either of us could have made that catch, but a professional no. major leaguer could have made that catch with, yes. with less incident than he did. So Yeah, for sure. He wasn't exa- wasn't exactly Dwayne Wise on it. But, um, you know, uh, <laughs> regardless, uh, yes, he, he certainly did do that. Um, 
Yeah, we got a few pitchers in here. Uh, I'm going to yeah. say one that was never actually on the Brewers, but maybe should have been. Uh, Zach Wheeler. Um, uh, yeah. I don't know if you remember, <laughs> Jeremy, but he was supposed to be a part of that Carlos Gomez trade to the Mets um, back when Gomez was good. It might have been 2016, maybe, 2015, when they traded him. I can't quite remember. Um, yeah. But we, it was supposed to be Wheeler and Wilmer Flores for Carlos Gomez and, and maybe uh, maybe somebody else. I can't remember who, but... Uh, it never ended up happening because the Mets did not like something in Gomez's physical. Uh, Wilmer, Wilmer Flores cried about it. Um, I don't know how Zach Wheeler felt about it, but I'll say <laughs> right. that I'll say this: it would have been nice to have Zach Wheeler on the Brewers because uh, he's a damn good pitcher. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, he like he was pretty good with the Mets, and who knew he would go on to be even better um, afterwards? But uh, you know, it'd be funny if Zach Wheeler also cried about it, but they but the cameras <laughs> only caught you know Wilmer Flores, and he took all the heat for that. Um, yeah, right. But, uh, yeah, no. I, I don't know if Zach Wheeler, like, they showed him during the celebration. And, like I said, the Phillies, like, were doing the champagne toast and they danced to this song in the post game uh, in the locker room, uh, this, like, stan- uh, dancing on my own or whatever. And, like, they asked Zach Wheeler about it and they're like, hey, you know, your teammates are pretty good singers. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I'll leave them to that. It's like, okay, great. So, like, no yeah. wonder. I was thinking, like, why would he break away from the celebration to do an interview? But it's like, he probably thinks he's like, too macho or something to, to sing a song or something. So it's like, okay, Zach, maybe, maybe you just stick to pitching. I don't know. I'm, I'm not going to pass complete final judgment on him based on that one comment, but it, it seemed to reek of like, Hey, uh, you know, I'm a grown man. I don't sing songs, you know? Yeah. Yeah. The, the, he's the one guy who's not having any fun, you know? Um, yeah, exactly. Hey, you know what though? He, uh, he should have, and I say this as a Brewers fan, maybe not necessarily a Corbin Burns fan, but uh, he, he, Zach Wheeler should have won the Cy Young in 2021. Uh, he pitched way more innings than Corbin Burns, um, uh, period. He pitched like the, a total of about nine more full games than Corbin Burns. And, you know, they, they jobbed the guy out of the Cy Young. I don't think that's right. Was That, that was the, the uh, no-hitter year, right? Uh, for Burns? Yeah. Yeah, it was, I think it was it a combined no-hitter. Did he go like, you know... Eight, eight innings and H- Hater went one or something like that. Yeah, I believe. Yeah, I think that's that's what ended up happening. So I yeah yeah I think I don't know if that helped uh, the case. You know, it might have been. Yeah, and you know, just uh, Craig Council, man, come on, just just let him just let him go. The Brewers haven't had a no hitter since Juan Nehavis, but uh, that's you know that's Craig Timber for you. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that's uh, that's Zach Wheeler um, and uh, uh, Jeremy. I'll just uh, I don't know that uh, this guy's hurt right now and he wasn't at the bus. But Corey Knable uh, is another oh another Brewer guy. Yeah, right. Um, God, I didn't. Yeah, that's. I wonder how long he's been out for. It's been a couple months, I think. But um, yeah, um, that's a guy who just has been around. Like you know, I, he's been good and he's continued to be around. And like, seems like forever ago that he was a Brewer. It it does, yeah. Even though it's it, I guess he pitched for them in the pandemic season, which is strange. But uh, yeah, he pitched wow. for some for the Dodgers last year, and uh, then he. Uh, I remember seeing him in a in a spring training game with the Phillies, and I was like, oh, this guy's on the on the Phillies now. Um, his ERA wasn't bad for them. He pitched forty four and two thirds innings at a three forty three ERA, so he'll definitely he'll definitely catch on somewhere next year. You know, Jeremy, if if the Cubs administration continues to be like it is, I could see them signing Knable and then trying to flip him with how they are with bullpen guys. Sure, yeah, I could see that. They they seem to have a, a a fair amount of bullpen guys, but you can never have too many. And 
God damn, if Corey Knievel's only 30 years old, I just this guy yep. is just like, um, yeah, he just kind of boggles my mind a little bit. But, yeah, yeah, it seems like he's been around forever, but I guess he, he debuted at, at age 22 when he was young. Um, yeah. I don't know, man, but I he was somebody I was excited about for the bus, um, and he was not there, so that was disappointing. Yeah, right, for sure. Um, okay, okay. Um, well, uh, the guy who um, he did, well, he, he didn't end up closing out uh, the clinching game. He, he came into the ninth. And he gave up a hit, and then they they pulled his ass for for Ranger Suarez. But David Robertson, yep. Um, this is his second stint with the Phillies, right? Yeah, because he signed with them as a free agent, and then he left, and then or got traded. I don't know or what, but uh, you know now he's now he's back with them. Yeah, and was with the Cubs earlier this year as the closer, uh, and then traded for for all for um, all reports uh, a pretty good prospect, uh, Ben Brown. Um, who's like now in the might be in the top ten Cubs um, prospects? Oh, wow. wow! Yeah, the guy seems like he's going to be pretty good. So, uh, hey, I'm happy about that. Um, David Robertson seemed kind of like an, a nice guy. He was he was getting on my nerves as a Cub at, towards the end because he just like he just seemed to like walk too many guys. Um, mm-hmm. But but yeah, like um, uh. I I don't even know. There's not much to say. I mean, <laughs> you know, like I guess he like I. It's a drop in the. It's a blip on the radar. His his Cubs uh, tenure for know. sure. You know, Jeremy, he's done well for himself. He's made eighty three million dollars, almost eighty four million in his his baseball career. That that's not bad for a reliever. Yeah, you know, uh, here's a funny thing about David Robertson. So he's from, let's see, he's from Alabama. Yeah. Uh, went to school in Alabama. Went to Alabama, and um, during that uh, that well, they did they no they lost they that game that series went five games right is that right they won four to one I think the Phillies uh, won and N- yeah, yes 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 they did yeah. so so he comes out in the ninth inning like ready to close the game out the the crowd is buzzing after just having that that wild Bryce Harper homer and they're going crazy and David Robertson is out there like warming up to pitch the ninth inning and he he comes out to sweet home Alabama he did that yep. with the Cubs mm-hmm. and so like all these like Phillies guys the Philadelphia Phillies are like the fans are like all going crazy you know fucking Liberty Bell like I guess a couple miles away I don't know um and they're playing sweet home Alabama like loud and proud over the speakers at at uh, their ballpark, and it just seemed like a weird scene, and it almost seemed like it almost seemed like David Robertson should have been like, "Hey, you know what? Um, you know, I don't know. Play play Elton John, Philadelphia Freedom, instead of uh, Sweet Home Alabama right now, because this <laughs> is more about the fans than myself." But it was a weird moment, and then yeah, and then of course they pulled him for Ranger Suarez. So whatever. Yeah, he was he was choking in that game, right? I mean, he gave. Up, I think he gave up a hit. Maybe he gave up two hits. I mean, they pulled him, but whatever. He also was like, he hurt himself um, in the NL, like during the wild card series or something. So he wasn't even active during the NLDS. I think so. Uh, I think he was the guy who got. No, he got hurt jumping up and down when he, Bryce Harper he, hit a homer. Yeah, he got he got hurt during a celebration. Yeah, yeah. Um, so one of those one of those Kendrys Morales type of things. Yeah. Uh, Lance McCullers got hit in the elbow with a bottle, a champagne yep. bottle. <laughs> that was a different issue, but still equally ridiculous. Maybe, maybe um, Zach Wheeler's onto something, man. You know? Just yeah, right. Stay exactly. out of the stay out of the fray there. That's probably um, what he says. They're like, they're like, fucking Wheeler, why don't you get over here and fucking celebrate with us? And he's like, 
I'm not trying to get hurt. You're like, all right, fine. <laughs> fair point. <laughs> you know, whatever. You're still an ass, but fair point. Right. Um, anyway, Jack, I didn't, uh, appearing in, uh, I guess, 20 games for the Philadelphia Phillies. This is probably a name that you didn't uh, notice, but James Norwood was. Oh, uh, God, yeah. Was a Cub. He came up with the Cubs. Drafted in the seventh round in 2014. Um, appeared in 23 games over three years with the Cubs. Um, I think they released him like on waivers and uh, he got claimed um, by another team. And, you know, one of those guys where it's like, oh, he was a homegrown guy. I, I hate to see the Cubs lose him, but obviously not really a, a factor, not really, probably not no. really a major leaguer. So this guy was shit this year for the Phillies, man. Pitched in 20 games to an 831 ERA. Those are uh, those are Daniel Norris numbers. <laughs> yeah, he's got he's like a fireballer, I think. Like he can throw pretty hard, but like at this point, at 28 years old, it's like, all right, you know, we, you know, we've turned the page on him at this point. Right. Um, one guy, Jeremy, who stuck out to me again, sort of in the same vein as Bryce Harper, but Mark Appel. Uh, has, okay, has some yeah. Cubs has some Cubs ties. Uh, Mark Appel was the number one overall draft pick in 2013. Number two in 2013, Chris Bryant to the Cubs. Uh, yeah. So if the uh, if the Astros had not drafted Mark Appel and if they if they had actually made the smart decision and drafted <laughs> Chris Bryant, um, or just you know I, I maybe that's maybe that's hindsight you know but uh, it just just to say if the if the Astros had drafted Chris Bryant. The fate of the Cubs might have been a completely different trajectory than it was in 2016. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, it's it's a bizarre world. It's like if um, Mike Ditka ran against uh, Barack Obama for Senate in 2004. I was just looking this up. Uh, you know, <laughs> what would have, how would the world have been different? Um, but uh, but yeah, yeah, that's kind of freaky to think about. Um, I mean, it's it's what is it? Sam Bowie got drafted over there, Michael Jordan, yep. right? Um, you know, not quite the same thing, but, uh, mm-hmm. but considering his role in 2016, yeah. I mean, like, would there have been a comebacker up the middle and Mark Appel to, to Anthony Rizzo <laughs> to end the drop? <laughs> you know, I think Mark Appel might have booted that, that ball <laughs> if, it sure. went up, if he was on the mound, uh, for that last, uh, for that ninth inning or the 10th inning. Right. Um, but yeah, so, uh, that's an interesting Cubs connection for sure. And yeah, I don't know definitely. if I want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> it's too scary to think about. One last thing, Jeremy. Uh, this guy didn't play for either team, but I, I we saw Chris Davinsky at the bus. I didn't know that Chris Davinsky only pitched four innings for the Phillies this year, or f- only four innings in the whole major leagues. Oh um, he... no, no! It looks like he pitched for Arizona too, but he only pitched four innings for the Phillies. Guy was yeah. walking around the bus like he owned the place. <laughs> he, I think he had just gotten called up like the day before. Yeah, um, yeah, he had just maybe gotten acquired or claimed or whatever, and got called up the day before. So. Yeah. Um uh yeah, um he did he did kind of have a, that that air to him, you know. He was he was on those he was he on the 2017 Astros? He was on the Astros for a long time. He um, was I don't know uh, if he was on that 2017 team, but uh I think he was on the 2019 he, team. He so was. He made he, the he made the All-Star team in 2017. Okay, yeah. He he had some good years with the Astros, but um I think he gave up a bad homer, a, a big homer in 2019 World Series too, I I, I think, but um but yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Jeez, uh, yeah, one of those middle relievers that makes the All-Star team. Those are always weird. That might be another good category too to do, like middle relievers that made an All-Star team. That, yeah, that would. We got it. We got a couple ones. Similarity scores and middle relievers. Well, it's going to be it's going to be a long off-season after the World Series ends, so we need to keep these in mind. 
Yeah, for sure. Um, before we go, Jack, there's one other Cubs connection, and that is the general manager of the Phillies, Sam Fold. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. We were just talking about him the other day. Yeah, um, and also can I, we probably should have talked about him at the beginning, but because uh, there's a stats uh, connection as well. He he worked he interned at Stats I think briefly, um, and he called all of us nerds. He's like, oh yeah, I worked over there. Those guys are all nerds. Um, I think he meant it in like some sort of like kind of like ribbing, pejorative, but yet kind of like poking fun sort of way. But sure. obviously. I don't think he's got the comedic touch, so no. it sounded just kind of like jockish. But like, I mean, Jack, what are your re- recollections of Sam Fold as a Cub or a baseball player? Do you have I any? I remember him being a little guy who could not hit for power. Yeah, I mean, but he. So I think the biggest thing that he did on the Cubs was he um, caught a ball against the Ivy and pretty much smashed his face into the the Ivy. Oh, like geez. he was one of those guys who like just laid out, like completely sold out for for plays and made these great catches, but like, you know, um, I don't quite know if it was quite like Jim Edmonds where he played, uh, played, you know, deep on purpose. So he or shallow on purpose so he could run back for, to catch all those balls. But, um, he, you know, he was just this guy who was like flying all over the, the, the field making these crazy catches, but yeah, couldn't, couldn't ever really hit. Um, and so like, yeah, so he has a analytics background, a stats, uh, like a sabermetric background. And like, um, I guess kind of, I mean, I think he went to uh, Ivy league school too, maybe he, yeah, did. he, he went, went to, to Stanford, went to Stanford. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, uh, you know, that, that was his thing. And, uh, now he's the GM of the, of the Phillies. So, yeah. Uh, who knows? Maybe one day president of baseball operations when Dave Dombrowski steps down. Yeah, he didn't get much love during the post game, uh, during the cer- the trophy ceremony. They talked to um, Rob Thompson, they talked to Dombrowski, and then um, I forgot who was like the MC of that. But they they moved right along. Like Fold was standing right next to Dombrowski, and they moved right along to to you know the MVP or whatever. So Fold oh, didn't funny. get any mic time, uh, even though he's the GM. Um, but yeah, um, so uh, yeah, I think that then does it for the Phillies. Yeah, and I think that's probably going to do it for the uh, the podcast. Um, do you uh, you got a prediction, Jack? Uh, I you know I I think the I th- I actually think the Astros are going to roll in this series. So I, I would say it, I I almost think it's going to be four to one Astros. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, the, if I had a bet, you know, it's it's hard to pick against the Astros. The only thing I can say is that like of all the teams that are playing them, the Phillies are so hot right now and playing like kind of hitting out of their minds that I'm, I think the Phillies, if anyone, if anybody has a chance of beating the Astros, I think it is the Phillies. Um, if I had to bet on it, I mean, I would, I'm obviously rooting for the Phillies, but if I had a bet on it, yeah, I mean, you'd be a fool to not bet on the uh, Astros. Um, I think if they're gonna beat them, I, I, five seems pretty good. Five or six, I'll say, I'll say six just to make it interesting. Sure. But, um, if the Phillies win, uh, you know I can see that being like a seven, seven game series. Uh, but uh, I'd I'd have to say, um, yeah, I'll say Astros in six. Nice, I like it. So we both got the Astros. All right, well let's uh, let's remember that. Uh, for, I don't know if the World Series will be still going on by the next time we record, but it's it's possibly likely. So we'll see where we're at. Uh, but for this week, I'm Jack Swakowski. and I'm Jeremy Dionisio. We'll see you next time. Later.